Welcome to Caregiver Chats. I'm Dr. Lakeland. Today, we'll dive deep into one type of care, that's home care, and it can help support older adults and their caregivers. So stay tuned and we'll get into it. Caregiver Chats is a podcast designed to help those caring for older adults find balance, support, resources, and encouragement. If you're caring for an aging family member or friend, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Dr. Lakeland. I'm a gerontologist and caregiving advocate for Home Instead, an honor company. I know how busy caregivers are, and I'm so grateful you're taking the time to listen. I also want to hear from you. Please email me your caregiving questions, and I plan to answer them on future episodes. My email is caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. That's caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. Today, we're talking all about home care. The majority of aging adults want to stay in their own homes. In fact, 90% want to age in place. However, we know that about 70% will need some sort of long-term care services at some point after the age of 65. Caregivers often want to honor their loved one's wishes to keep them at home, but can easily become overwhelmed by the care necessary to help them do so. Home care is an important service that can help older adults stay at home while also helping to meet their needs for care and support. It also has some great benefits for caregivers, which we'll share later on in today's episode. To talk more about home care, I have invited a special guest. Her name is Debbie. And before I introduce you to her, here's what we plan to cover. We're going to start with an overview of home care services. And then we're going to talk through some scenarios and and instances when someone might need home care. We'll discuss the benefits of home care for caregivers. And then we'll take a look behind the curtain of the process of starting home care, what it's like and how to go about doing so. And then we're going to end with a discussion around important questions to ask uh, when looking into home care and also ideas if your loved one is resistant to having help in the home. I'm so excited to have Debbie joining me and I want to tell you a little bit more about her. My special guest today is Debbie Gross. In 2021, Debbie left 20 plus years of leadership in the semiconductor industry to follow her passion of being part of a human-centered service business. She also has been a family caregiver for her father who's living with dementia. Debbie saw firsthand how important caregiving is, the difficulty and complexities of being a family caregiver. This experience ignited a spark in Debbie to help people retain their dignity, maintain safety, stay healthy and happy wherever they call home. Debbie has been a home instead owner in Arizona for the last two years and is a passionate advocate for dementia care and family caregivers of all types. Welcome, Debbie. I'm so happy to have you with me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, and we have a great topic to discuss, but before we do that, I would love for you to just share with our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Oh, absolutely. Um, Gosh, you know, before, I'm just thinking as you went through the bio and um, yeah, I was 20 years in a completely different industry. And when my dad got sick, I... We just didn't know what to do and we were so lost and, you know, none of us knew. I didn't even know that home care was a thing actually, right? I mean, I had no idea because when you, when you're not living in this world, you don't, 
you know, it's not part of your day to day. You don't even know what is possible. And um, we just really struggled. I moved my folks in with us. And um, even that was difficult. And I was having such a hard time working a full time job. And my mom was with my dad, but she was struggling too. And it was just so difficult. And I remember one day, my dad's in the shower, my mom and I are trying to get my dad in the shower. And I'm holding on to him on one side. And my mom's holding on to him on the other side and neither one of us had showered that day. And I'm like, mom, we can't do this. Like we have to find some solution here. Like this is not a life for us or for him. And so, um, yeah, that's what brought me here. And it was, uh, you know, there was a lot of steps between that and this day, but um, I'm just, that's what brought me here. And that's where my passion is really just helping families like, myself that was like, what do I do? So yeah, that's me. Oh, thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about your personal background. And I think that you you said it so well. I hear it from a lot of caregivers. A lot of people don't know what resources exist because they've never been a caregiver before. And, never. and you know, you know, when you have a child, there's so many books on you know what to expect when you're expecting and parenting books, but there's finally, I think, a movement in the caregiving community to provide some of those same resources. But until you're there, until you're in it, you don't go seek out those resources. So no. it can be very um, overwhelming in the moment. And I'm so glad that that you eventually did find resources and find your way to home instead. <laughs> yes. Well, and a lot of people, they don't really know what home care is. You mentioned you didn't even know that it was a service. So today, I am wanting to really dive into the service of home care because so many people want to age in place at home. That's where they want to stay. And often, family members want to honor their loved one's wishes in that way. And home care can be a great service to support families. But again, a lot of people don't know about it. So Debbie, um, you know, when you are talking with families, how do you describe home care services and and the, the benefits of it? Yeah, um, you're exactly right. Like so many people don't know about it and they may, you know, they, they struggle with even understanding like the differences between home care and home health and all of that. And so usually when we're talking to families, it's in a crisis um, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that that is the situation. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit more, but um, you know, families have come to us because something has happened. There's been an event and they don't know um even what home care entails. So I usually kind of start with a discussion that says home care can be as simple as somebody coming over to just help you do some errands, help you, you know, around the house, be a companion for you, all the way to 24-hour care where we're bathing, we're really helping um, with that hands-on care and everything in between that. So it's really like having an extra set of hands or another family member. And I know I don't say another family member lightly um, because I had caregivers in my home. That's how I came to understand about home care. And they did become like family members for us. (laughs) Like they were, you know, they ate meals with us. Yeah. Like, so it's like having somebody that you trust um, that, um, understands your needs and just helps integrate into your household and just help you out. 
Yeah, I think that's what's so great is it's so customizable. It can be a few times a week all the way up to that 24-7 care. Um, And families, maybe they don't realize that. They think, oh, gosh, if I have home care, um, you know, I have to have it one way and one way only. And I think the great thing about it is it, it is so flexible and customizable and um, but many, many people, as you mentioned, Debbie, wait until a crisis calls. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting is, so you're, you're at a local level, a home and sit office. I used to work in a local home and sit office, uh, but now I'm at global headquarters and we at a kind of a national level, we see a spike in calls about our care on Monday mornings and mm-hmm. after the holidays. And if you think about it, that's when people have gone to see their loved ones. Uh, they start to notice some changes, um, happening and then they go to work maybe on Monday or after the holidays and they're Googling, okay, what kind of care and support? What do I do? Right. Yes, what yes. do I do? And then they what call us. Yes, yes. <laughs> or like, oh my gosh, this this weekend did not go the way I wanted it to go or the way I expected. Like when I got there, mom and dad were, they were in the same chair that they were in when I left on Wednesday or you know what I mean? Whatever that yeah. is. Yes, yeah. Yes. So I know we get those kinds of calls too. And you mentioned crisis kind of calls. Can you talk a little bit more about, um, you know, when when people are calling in to finally look for these kinds of services, you know, what kind of situations are they are they in? Um, what kind of challenges are they facing? That's a great, great question. Um, you know, there's a whole variety. I would say that most of the time um, people are discharging, let's say in a crisis, they're discharging from the hospital or they're discharging from a rehab. And they're thinking, uh, I can like do the basic, the basic like walking around, but I really can't imagine making myself a meal. I really can't imagine being able to um, get myself up out of bed at night and, you know, and, and use the restroom by myself. I'm a little afraid. I'm a little unsteady. So we get those kind of calls where they're, you know, coming out of the hospital or they're coming out of rehab and they're not feeling 100% confident that they are back to their, you know, their pre whatever, whatever that state was, <laughs> right? Pre-crisis self. <laughs> self. And so they need to have um, some, a little bit of extra support. And so, you know, we get those kind of calls. We get calls that, you know, um, mom or dad or somebody has, um, something has happened and the children or nieces, nephews, whoever that is, is in another state. And so they're like, I know that they're not okay right now. They've fallen three times. I'm on my way, but I can't get there until Wednesday. And I need somebody to be, to be kind of eyes and ears in my home um, or in their home during that time. So, you know, we'll get those kind of calls too in a crisis. Um, And we'll get calls that are just, you know, people that are, are thinking, man, I, I want to be able to go out and, um, go golfing, let's say. I mean, I even live in Arizona, so there's a good amount <laughs> of golfing. So, you know, so someone wants to go golfing and they're worried about leaving their partner at home and they've realized that they've stopped, they've stopped golfing because they can't get out of the house. You know what I mean? And so we'll get those kind of calls too, like, hey, I, 
and that creeps up on you. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you're like, man, I, I have not left the house without um, worrying for quite a while and I need some time for myself. And so we'll get those calls as well. There's a million reasons why people call. <laughs> there yes. are. I know. Yes. I know. So it kind of sounds like a couple different categories. We have, you know, coming home from a hospital or rehab facility. And I remember, you know, a lot of families would say, well, the nurse told me I need 24-7 care yes. uh, coming home from the hospital. And so then families start to panic. And and yes. in those cases, um, you know, that that can be, you know, home care plus family care. It doesn't have to be home care 24-7, although it very well could be. Yes. And I think in those situations, what is great is, you know, when they first come home, we can be there around the clock and then taper off services as they regain strength or kind of get back to that pre-crisis self, as we we talked about. Um, and so I think that that is really important for families to understand too, is, you know, once you set a schedule, it's not set in it's stone. It's not permanent. Yes. yes. I think that that is something that, that, that we come up with a lot. Like people are like, well, I'm just not ready to have a, you know, a full-time caregiver. And you're like, we well, you don't have to, like, yeah. this doesn't have to be forever. You're, you're not married to us. Like, <laughs> you know, and we have a lot of clients that, you know, they're doing well. And so they, they taper off and then let's say they're going to have a procedure. And so, you know, they'll call us and say, oh, you know, I'm going to have a procedure. I need to increase my care for a few days after that, or I need someone to take me to the procedure, all of that. And so it's very, very, it's not just like, I know you mentioned it customizable. It's so customizable, but it's also like very flexible in terms of like, you can increase, you can cut back, you can, you know, someone comes into town and so you don't necessarily need um, as much care because someone's visiting you. That's fine. Like that's the, the beauty of it. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so we have that kind of uh, returning home. We have crisis mode. There's been a fall or something's happened. I may be long distance or maybe I'm a working caregiver and we need some extra help and support. And a lot of times uh, we can start care pretty darn quickly uh, yes. once we get the ball rolling in, in those crisis situations. And then I love the one example that you mentioned of basically respite is what you yes. mentioned. Yes, time totally. away from caregiving, um, you know, realizing, wow, as a caregiver, I'm not taking time for myself. I've had to give up my hobbies like golf, or uh -huh. uh, I haven't gone to my own healthcare appointments in forever. Um, and so setting up home care, you know, maybe on a regular basis or, you know, as needed to, to take that time for yourself as a caregiver yep. and, and restore a little bit of that balance in your life. So there's just so many different rhymes. There's a lot of rhymes and reasons as to why people call us. <laughs> yes, many, many. And, you know, I think that there's that... Um, guilt. I, I do see a lot of guilt associated with that respite time. And in fact, that came up in one of the support groups that I facilitate yesterday. You know, um, one of the ladies in there said, I, I need to take some time for myself, but I need to figure out how to let go of the guilt mm -hmm. and with doing that. And so I think that sometimes people hesitate because they feel like, oh my gosh, I, I'm kind of being selfish. And, you know, my comment back to her was, you can't 
you know, and we say this a lot, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you, true. Your health as a caregiver is so important because that person is depending on you so much that you have to. It's not just like, oh, I just want to enjoy myself. You have to take that break so that you can be there for, you can be what you need to be when you're caregiving. I mean, it's... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've, we've kind of already started talking about the benefits <laughs> to the caregiver because, you know, of course the service is tailored towards the person that they're caring for, but yes. there are so many benefits for the caregiver uh, and it can be hard to let go. And I, I know caregivers sometimes have that a fear of like, well, no one can care for them the way I can. And I always say that's true. You know, yes, you're always going to be the best caregiver. Yes. But we can we can be there to give you a little bit of that break. And it can also be, you know, uh, even if you're a caregiver and you're not around the clock, like an extra set of eyes and ears in the home yes. too, to keep you as the caregiver in the know, up to date uh, on all the things that are happening. And I know that, you know, we we don't just sign you up for service and then never check back in. We have a quality no. assurance program yes. where we, we yes. continue to go out. And if there is a change, you know, we go evaluate and then communicate back to the, the family. So I think that's another beautiful thing about home care is it's that extra kind of layer of eyes and ears for a lot of people, peace of mind. And, um, you know, we're, you know, home care providers are experts. They've been doing this forever, whereas you might be new to caregiving. Yes. And so yes. we might be able to see some things that maybe are a red flag or uh, some home modifications that we can suggest too. So we're really uh, an awesome resource too uh, to the family caregiver. Would you say that's true, Debbie? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I definitely think so. And, you know, we'll have ideas. We work with so many community partners. That's one thing that I really love is that, you know, when you, we work with so many community partners, so we, we know who are the trusted resources in the community. We know who, and, you know, if it comes to time when you're thinking about placement or you're thinking about, um, or you're, wanting to know about support groups or you're wanting to know about where can I get equipment and things like that. Like we have those resources and connections. So you get this like extra layer of support, eyes and ears, and then recommendations associated with it. Right. It's not like we're like, whoa, man, you, your house needs some modifications. Like <laughs> good luck with that. Right. Like we can help recommend like these people yes. are trustworthy. We work with them all the time. We've seen their work. It's wonderful. So, you you know, that part is really helpful. Um, the other thing that you that made me think about my own caregiving experience with my dad, um, you know, the care, my dad had two primary caregivers um, aside from us. And um, towards the end of his life, they were there 12 hours a day, seven days a week with my dad. And he slept all night, so we didn't need overnight care. And that's one of those things too, like, okay, if we, you know, you can customize it, right? And he had two very different caregivers. He had one young um young man and he was he played the guitar with my dad he you know they would sit and watch sports together um they would sit out on the patio and they would just sit there you know my dad had that opportunity to just sit quietly with somebody in the yard and they would just sit there and i'd look outside and they were happy and then the other caregiver was um, 
a mom and she'd been caring for her son with a disability for very long. So she was very, very proficient. She was great at getting my dad up and around and active and doing different things. And so what I saw the beauty of this was we brought one thing to my dad and they each brought their own unique strengths. Mm -hmm. And that really enhanced my dad's whole quality of life, right? Because yeah. as a singular caregiver, you're just bringing what you're bringing. And what we saw was really this beautiful mix of variety that gave gave us the respite time and gave my dad different, you know, different activities to do with different people. And that was very, it just enhanced his life and ours. Oh, that's such a great example. I, I I, know it is so neat to see the personality of the caregiver yes. and how they relate to their client. And and every, you know, caregiver, we call them care professionals, care pros. Yes. Every care yep. pro brings, you know, their unique perspective and set of expertise. And, and we do training, of course, for our care professionals, but they come with kind of their life experiences. And and to your point, you know, it's, an, it's just a different person to interact with because yes. sometimes family has heard the same story over and over yes. or can so easily get frustrated with little yes. things, whereas somebody from the outside might hear that story for the first time Fine. or, yes. yeah, or they've never known your loved one any other way, which sometimes family caregivers, mm -hmm. they might be in a state of, of grief. You know, yes. their loved one may have declined and they're not who they quote unquote used to be. Mm -hmm. But for this care professional that's coming in, they've only ever known your loved one that way. So that's also kind of a really unique perspective yeah. that that care professional brings. And I remember seeing that within my own family and um, and how kind of uh, comforting that was uh, to the family because that that care professional just saw their dad for who he was and yep. and yep. appreciated him who he was that yep. way yes yeah. yes exactly mm -hmm. yep so yeah it um it can be it can be great and another kind of great aspect about that is is the care professionals are trained on things that family members might not feel comfortable doing for their yes. loved one, like like bathing. You mentioned in yes. your family, like maybe there's somebody out there that can help with this bathing situation. And, <laughs> yes. and they might yeah. have different tips or techniques, especially when it comes to someone with cognitive impairment. Uh, we do a lot of training on dementia care and techniques to get them in the shower or to be more um, kind of responsive in personal care activities. And so that might be something that the family finds, oh gosh, such a relief that this right. care professional is here to help with some of those activities that maybe they're not comfortable with, or maybe they're just like, I give up. I don't know what else to try. Yes, and the care professional yes. can get them to do it. Yes, yes. Or, you know, um, my dad would see his care pro as his, you know, as a professional person. And so he did not it was very different than me being like, okay, dad, let's go get in the shower. He'd be like, uh, you know, like, I don't want to, I'm going to do this later or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you know, when um, Matthew would say, okay, it's time for the shower. My dad would be more willing to go with him just because mm -hmm. he knew that's what Matthew was there to do. And so that part made it, um, my dad was more compliant, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he, he was more compliant in that situation. And so it was, and, and, you know, we think about it being easier for, for the, the family caregiver, like, yes, it was easier for us, but I think it was easier for my dad too, because, you know, it was a sort of a, a, 
a specific time and a known entity and he wasn't frustrated about it and he wasn't struggling, you know, it was just time to take a shower and that's what they did. And whereas if it was me or my mom, he, you know, he'd be more probably like nitpicky and we'd be nitpicky and, you know, like families are, right? Yes. 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 Totally. All the family yes. dynamics come all into play. Them. Yes, they come <laughs> we, all out. Yes. <laughs> we talked about that in a recent episode of the podcast. So, uh, yes, if you if you want more info on family dynamics, go back and check out that episode. But Love it. Um, yes, there's there's so many fun or important things to consider. Um and I, I, now I kind of would love to transition our conversation a little bit, Debbie, to, you know, how families can go about finding this type of care. Because if you Google it, it's overwhelming. There's so many options out there. Totally. And would love to talk through kind of what the process is like. But before we do that, we're going to pause for a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Home Instead, an honor company. If you find yourself needing extra support as a family caregiver or time away from your caregiving responsibilities, Home Instead can help. Our home care services are delivered by compassionate care professionals and range from personal care, meal preparation, and medication management to Alzheimer's care and hospice support. Visit homeinstead.com to learn more and to find a location near you. Okay, Debbie, so let's talk about the process of looking into home care and getting started because it can be intimidating at first, especially if you, you know do a Google search, you're going to see all sorts of results. You know, there's all these uh, registries, agencies, uh, yes. there are these companies that will help you find care. It can be very, very overwhelming. And also the idea of inviting a stranger into Ugh, your home can so be- so hard. It can be so intimidating. So I would love to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about you know what it's like to look into home care to get services started. So um, you know, Debbie, when families kind of go out for like that first Google search or a first kind of step in looking for home care, what kind of things would you suggest that they be mindful of? That is such a great question. Okay, so when a family's doing a Google search and they may have gotten some recommendations from um, the hospital or their doctor's office, and oftentimes they'll get a whole list, right? Um, I think your primary care provider is a great place to get, you know, uh, reputable companies and understand and and search that Um, because ultimately each local local area is going to be different. And so what you really want to look for is places that are highly recommended by others in the field. I think that's really important. Um, Obviously, when you're doing a Google search, um, like you said, Lakeland, there's so many and you don't even know. And then you click on something and the next thing you know, you're filling in information and 15 people are calling you (laughs) and you don't even know who they are, what's going on, right? So, I think that it's important to do your due diligence on getting recommendations from local partners or even, you know, referencing back to one of your original podcasts, that's the 10, um, 10 thing, top 10 things every caregiver should know. That gives great tips of really reputable sources like your area agency on aging that can help steer you in a direction of um, companies that are vetted and trusted. Mm-hmm. You know, there are different requirements in every state. 
And one of the things, you know, in Arizona, the requirements for starting a home care company are almost nothing. Like it's, you don't, there's very little regulation. And so in, in that case, it's important to find a company that's reputable, that has their own set of standards, you know, rather than, um, just somebody who's just started it without a lot of experience. That's a great point, Debbie. And and I think, too, what can be confusing for families is, you know, there are agencies, like we're an agency, Home Instead. Yes. We're yes. an organization. We employ our own care professionals. But then there are like registries or people can hire someone independently, too. And so that opens up even more options and more things for families to consider. And I think you know, there's some pros and cons to, you know, all of those options. Yep. And, and we have a free downloadable home care guide that we'll link to in the show notes. It's super helpful in explaining the differences between, okay, do I go with an agency or should I hire my sister's cousin's niece that's a nurse to come yes. in. Yes. Uh, and and what are some things for me to consider? Because, you know, uh, on one hand, the agency takes p- care of all of the employment, the payroll, the taxes, you just pay the home care company. But with an individual, you know, you're in charge of their schedule, and you have to do their payroll and um, their taxes and all of that stuff. So it's, um, there's a lot to consider there. But if you're looking a for a yeah, for a home care agency. I think it's so important, as you said, to find some someone reputable and to also interview multiple home care yes. companies. You know, of course, at Home and Said, we would love for you to do our a zip code search on our site to find <laughs> like, a, yes. local, <laughs> a local home and said. But I always have told families, you know, research a couple that you know are reputable, interview them, because that gives you a really good feel of, you know, how they communicate, how they operate. You get the chance to ask them questions and uh, and then make the best decision for you and your family. So I think that that kind of initial meeting is so important. And, and Debbie, can you kind of explain what that initial meeting looks like? We call them care consults. Yep. Other companies yep. might call them something different. But what is a care consult like when you walk into a home for the first time and, and sit down with a family? Oh, gosh. You know, that's everybody in my office. Care consults are their favorite. Like, it's our favorite thing <laughs> to do. It was mine, too. <laughs> oh, so wonderful. Um, so, you know, when we walk into a home, we're first and foremost there to listen and to understand what are the challenges in that particular home? So we're gonna come in, we're gonna sit where you're comfortable, and we're just gonna open our ears and kind of ask you some leading questions like what's going on? And usually all you have to say is what's going on? And then (laughs) people start talking, right? And what we're getting through that conversation is, you know, an idea of what type of care would be needed, what level of care would be needed, but we're getting that just from listening to you and listening to your pain points. We may guide you in understanding, okay, when, what time of day are you experiencing these challenges? Is it harder in the morning? You know, we, we want to understand what t- you know, what does your day look like, right? Like, we just want to know all about you. We also want to know what's your life? Like, what what's important to you? What do you love? What do you cherish? Because that's a huge and important part of creating our care plan is understanding what matters to you so that 
our care pros, when they come into the home, they know that. And also so that we can make an outstanding match. Um, you know, we. so I would say our biggest thing is you're going to experience somebody who just wants to know about what's going on. And with that, we know, you know, we're picking out different parts of that and we're creating a care plan that is really customized to you based on what you're saying. That is, I think, really helpful insights to know that really we're, we're there to listen. And sometimes yeah. it can be challenging because um, sometimes those family dynamics get involved where maybe yes. the, older, <laughs> the older adult presents the situation one way and the yes. adult child's like, is like sitting there let like, me tell oh, you no. how it actually yes. is. <laughs> yes. Let me go outside with you. Very frequently, we have a conversation and then somebody follows us outside just like, well, actually, what's happening is this, 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 this. So yes, that happens all the time. But it's so important, I think, to get both perspectives, to hear oh, what, totally. from the older adult and because yes. and, that helps with some buy-in because sometimes we are met with resistance by the older adult that needs the care. Uh, the, the adult child is like, oh, we need this desperately. This would be so helpful. And then the older adult is like, I don't want a stranger in my home or I don't think I yes. need this. And so it can be so helpful to you hear the older adult out, understand what, what they think their needs are, uh, but then you know also give other family members a chance to chime in as well. Yep. Absolutely. We very frequently have people on the phone as well in those. So let's say, you know, adult child or niece, nephew, whoever that is, wants sister, wants to call in to the consult. We very frequently have that. So we've got people on the phone also. Um, so anybody who needs to be part of that conversation is. And I think, yeah, it's very important to get all those perspectives. And then, yeah. then we know how to best arm the care pro with the right activities, the right strategies, right? The very worst thing we can do is have somebody walk in that's like, well, I don't know anything about you. Yes. You know, <laughs> worst case terrible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We want to set our care pros up for success. Absolutely. And that's yes. The main reason we're gathering all of that yes. information. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I think another important part of those meetings is families get to ask questions. And so, yes. uh, you know, Debbie, what are some of the most commonly asked questions that you get from families in those initial meetings? Absolutely. Um, a lot of people want to know, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I have enough for a person to do. Mm -hmm. um, so they're worried about that. Like, what are they going to do? Are they just going to be sitting there? Like, what does that look like? So I get a lot of questions. It says like, how can we fill this time? I'll tell you, it's very easy. <laughs> it's very easy to fill the time actually. Cause once you start to have that conversation, then we can bring back examples like, well, you said this and this and this, you know, these type of things. Um, we get a lot of questions about, um, you know, kind of the construct of um, how this works. Like, is it a contract? Do I have to use your care indefinitely? So we get a lot of questions. No, it's not a contract. It's a service agreement. We are flexible on the hours. So we talk a lot about hours, what happens. Um, we get a lot of uh, questions about um, our care pros, how they're trained, um, how we match care pros to individuals. Um, you know, we'll get questions about driving, right? Mm -hmm. Whose car can we drive? What extra, does that cost more? All kinds of things like that. Um, you know, we get questions 
really mostly it's about like how people want to know how can you help give me peace of mind right mm. like what does and that looks different to everybody but ultimately those questions are about how do i feel safe how can i'm worried all the time and i want to know how this is going to help alleviate that worry yeah Oh, all good questions. And, and, you know, there's probably so many more that we didn't even tackle. And yes, what I love is the guide that I, I referenced has a great set of questions in there that families can, can ask uh, for, for the care consult. But I think you covered, you know, a lot of what's probably on caregivers minds is, you know, how does this work? How is it going to give me peace of mind? I, I, I like that you addressed the question, how am I going to fill the time? Because that was always a question yes. because, you know, some companies have minimums, maybe it's three or four hours, maybe even more. And they see that and they think, oh, gosh, what oh. can that care professional do? I don't want to have to entertain them um, yes. or I don't want them to just sit there and stare yes. at my loved one. And so, yes. uh, but to your point, there's so many things that the care professionals can do. And I think once they they get there and they establish some trust and rapport with the person that they're caring for, it just, you, they start to find more things to support them in. Um, and those four hours, six hours, they tend to go by pretty darn They quick. go by quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. People always also underestimate how long it takes to do things. They're yes. like, well, it takes me five minutes to shower. It takes me... 10 minutes to make my breakfast. You're like, well, not really. <laughs> Actually, when you think about it, like people tend yes. to think that things happen more quickly than they do. Right. And so, yeah, right. that always makes well, me laugh. And, and a care professional too can spend more time on some of those activities, whereas yes. a family member may feel the need to rush through them to, because maybe they need to get to work or, um, yes. you know, they might feel like, well, I don't really have the patience or to let you dress yourself, so I'm just going to yes. do it for you. Yes. Whereas the care professional can take that time and help reinforce the independence of the person they're caring for to give them the extra time they need to do as much as they can on their own Absolutely. without having to feel rushed. So I think that that's yeah. another kind of beautiful part of the service as well. Yeah. So we've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, what families can do if a loved one's resistant to our type of care, because I think that's one of the greatest challenges and that that family members kind of face when wanting to start this type of care. Uh, are there any other challenges that you see families um, kind of go through when looking into home care? Or we, maybe we can even expand more on, on if they're refusing some kind of creative ideas that you have used over the years to maybe get the older adult to be a little more receptive. Absolutely. Oh, man, this comes up a lot like the, the <laughs> older adults like I don't need any help. Um, that's where um, a great match comes in. Because you want you want that to be a relationship, not necessarily transactional. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think it's really important. And sometimes I think that goes to frequency as well. Um, you know, a lot of families like to start slow and that's great, um, you know, maybe once or twice a week, um, but get establishing some consistency with a consistent person, you know, three yeah. times a week that, um, may seem like a lot, but actually it, it helps to develop and cement that relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's really important because this is not a transactional, activity. This is not just I'm coming in to just complete these tasks. Um, 
certainly we are coming in to complete tasks, but there's a relationship aspect to that that's really important. Um, you know, I can use some examples of some clients. I have one client who really, the husband said, you know, I don't want the the care pro to wear a branded shirt or scrubs or anything like that. They need to come like dressed like a friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because what, what we really want to establish here is kind of a friendship connection. So um, we make sure that the care pro doesn't come in scrubs in that case, mm-hmm. right? Um, you may have another family member who's like, no, I need you to be in scrubs so that they will listen to you and take <laughs> some authority from you. So there's, you know, I think it's very nuanced. Um, a lot of times we may start the family member will say, I am getting this help for me. They're coming in to help me, not the person necessarily who needs the care. Like I, you know, I got, I'm bringing Debbie in and she's here to help me out a little bit. She's going to help me, you know, around the house and things like that. And so it's not necessarily directed towards the person who's actually receiving the care. Right. But just like I needed the help. So I've hired Debbie to come in and help um, me and not you. They're just going to (laughs) leave you alone. And so, you know, and they're just kind of get them familiar um, to having someone else because it's weird. Like, let's like, we gotta be honest. Like when someone, your home is your refuge, your home is where you go and put on your cozy clothes. Your home is where you don't, you know, you may not, you may get up on Saturday and not take a shower all day, right? Like your home is a place where you can be fully yourself. And now we're asking them to accept having some stranger come in. And so that does take some time to get adjusted to. I think it's important for families to know that this isn't something that I would love it. And sometimes it does happen very magically and very quickly, but sometimes you got to ease into this and you've got to kind of stick with it and allow that relationship to develop. Um, And then you know, if the first time your loved one's like, I hated it, like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's give it another try, right? Yeah. Because it takes some time. It's it's an adjustment. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think too, what is helpful, you know, for families to understand is I love that you talked about the consistency of the care pro, having someone consistently come in, but kind of depending on how many hours of care you need, you might have a care team of two yes. to three even more care pros. And that's also great because you come become familiar with multiple people. That way, yes. if your main gal or guy is sick, then you, you have someone familiar to kind of fill in for them. Yes. And also, I think it's okay for families to know if the match isn't great from the get-go, you can request a different care pro. Don't be yes. afraid to do that. Sometimes yes. families are like, oh gosh, I just really, I don't, my loved one doesn't click with this person, but they're afraid or hesitant to speak up. No, speak up, tell them how it's really going because, yes. you know, the home care provider is going to want you to have a good experience yes. uh, and can likely make another match. And just like, I mean, there are people that we meet each and every day in our lives and we don't always click with every single one of them. Yes. And so that's the same. It's totally uh, fine. So it's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that family members really worry about, and I worried about this too, because we had a few care pros in the beginning that weren't a great match to us. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. They're such a nice person. I don't want, I don't want them to get in trouble or I don't want the company to think they're not good. Or I don't want them to tell the person that I didn't like them. (laughs) Right. Like that's a big worry. We're, we don't do that. We're not going to do that. Like that's part of the beauty 
beauty of an agency is that we can very easily, you know, match that care pro to somebody else we can you know so it's not like we're sitting there saying sorry you don't have a job now because they didn't like you like no it's it's so easy i wish people knew how how okay that was yeah, you know, well, I'm glad we're now, talking about it now. <laughs> totally, yes. permission. it's okay to say <laughs> this is not a great match, and there's nothing wrong with that, and it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Yes, and I think that the communication piece is so important, and every agency kind of has their own ways of communicating, their own communication cadence. But usually, you know, they're available twenty four seven by phone, even on nights or weekends. There's somebody available to talk to. So, uh, you know, if families ever have concerns, that is another great, um, you know, benefit of going with an agency is that you know there's there's always somebody to talk to or always. Uh, uh, connect with about your loved one's care. So always, um, yep. So important to consider, and uh, we've covered so much. And I know that um, there's even more we could talk about, Debbie. Uh, <laughs> but I would I would direct people back again to that home care guide that you can download for free in our show notes. It kind of recaps our whole conversation, um, and and gives you some you know additional. Uh, thoughts uh, or questions to ask as well. Um, but Debbie, anything that you want to kind of leave our listeners with, if uh, any highlight from today's conversation or anything that we haven't covered that you want folks to remember about home care? Oh, I, there's a lot, but I want <laughs> folks to remember that it doesn't have to be permanent. This doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you've, you've got caregivers in your home forever and ever and ever, and um, it's very flexible, it's very customizable, and it's a good idea to start to look, we're very happy to have a conversation with you, even if you think you're not quite ready yet, because it's better to know who you're going to call, what that's going to look like. Um, and it's better to get, you know, start sooner. So I know we say this all the time, but, um, the earlier you can get going with a little bit of help, the easier it is when something does come up that inevitably we're human beings. We don't walk around in a bubble, like things happen to us, you know what I mean? So inevitably something's going to happen to all of us. Like that's how it goes. So, you know, have that plan in place. So, and we're happy to have that conversation. It doesn't cost you anything. Exactly. Yes. Our, those care consoles we talked about earlier, totally always free, free no obligation. Yes. And you're right. I, I always loved going into the care consults where they're like, we're just looking into care. We don't, we don't quite know yet because yes. they're planning ahead. Yes. Um, and of course we, we care just as much about those that are in crisis mode, but of uh, to your point, Debbie, the more you can look into this early on, or at least give them a call and start to ask some of those questions. Uh, even if you're not ready to sit down in person in your living room yet, research. We talk a lot on this podcast about planning ahead and the importance yes. so that when a crisis occurs, you're not left high and dry, you're not scrambling, and you're able to make the best decisions for your loved ones because you've already started to look into these types of care. So I think totally. that's a great, great final word to, to leave on. And, and Debbie, thank you so much for, for sharing about your personal experience with your father and, and your family, and then also your perspective as a home and said franchise owner. It's just been such a joy to talk to you today. Uh, thank you for your insights. Thank you. I loved it. And I love the podcast. So keep it going, Lakeland. <laughs> so great. Thank you. We sure will. <laughs> 
I want to thank Debbie Gross for joining me today and for sharing her insights personally and professionally. If you're thinking that it might be time to start home care, I encourage you to start doing your research. Become familiar with the options, make time to interview several home care providers to make sure that you find the one that's the best fit for you and your loved one. Be sure to check out that home care guide that I mentioned on our website. I've also linked to it in the show notes. This guide captures a lot of information that we covered today and will give you additional insights on what is important to consider when looking at home care. You can email me at caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. Again, that's caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. In the next episode of Caregiver Chats, I'm going to tackle a tough topic that I get asked about a lot, and that is driving. Oftentimes, caregivers are at a loss as to how to have the conversation with their aging loved ones about driving and also knowing when it's time to hang up the keys. I'm going to provide a lot of great insights in this next episode about driving, so I hope that you will join me. I also invite you to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Home Instead Inc. Again, that's Home Instead Inc. There you'll find previews of upcoming episodes, caregiving tips, and more. And as always, you can find all the links in today's show notes. Thanks for listening. And please remember to take good care of yourself while you care for others. Caregiver Chats is brought to you by Home Instead. If you're looking for in-home care to support you on your caregiving journey, please visit homeinstead.com slash caregiverchats to learn more.